Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this week's special episode, we're looking at the latest Intralinks deal flow predictor. This is based on data from the company's due diligence platform and highlights a number of trends in M&A. I'm joined by Matthew Wells, who's Vice President of Global Product Marketing and Strategy at SS&C Intralinks, to talk about the findings from the third quarter edition of the Deal Flow Predictor. Hi, Matt. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Juliana. Glad to be on again. So let's start by looking at an overview of M&A activity globally. What trends have you seen during the first half of 2023 and what should we be expecting in the third quarter? Well, the trends in the first half have been interesting, if I can put it that way. M&A activity in the first half of the year was the lowest since 2020. However, we all know that the 2019 to 2021 period is a difficult benchmark and can make things look a bit bleak when using that as the basis of comparison. If I were to bring a more optimistic view, the second quarter of 2023 was the strongest quarter for M&A globally over the past 12 months. This begs the question, what will Q3 bring? Is Q2 a sign of strong activity to come, or is it simply an outlier? Our Q3 DFP suggests that growing confidence is beginning to take hold. March 2023 early stage deal activity rose to the highest level on a trailing 24-month basis, indicating a stronger appetite to transact in H2 of this year. The data we're seeing supports a forecast of overperform or a greater than 10% increase in deal volume in Q3 versus the same quarter of last year. So I'd call the theme for Q3 and more broadly H2 cautiously optimistic. Okay, it sounds good. Can we look at the different regions now? And can you talk us through what's been happening in the Asia-Pacific region and explain what the headwinds are there, please? Absolutely. In H1, APAC M&A declined 35% in terms of value versus the same period in 2022. However, the region mirrors really the rest of the globe with strong early stage deal activity, indicating a pretty strong Q3 and beyond. China, which only recently lifted its zero COVID policy in January, remains the dominant influence in the region. And key sectors where we're forecasting some softening really would be energy in Australia, technology in Japan, and manufacturing in South Korea. And can you talk through how the Asia-Pacific region differs to Europe, Middle East, and Africa? And what activity and trends you're seeing in the EMEA region, please? Absolutely. EMEA was particularly hard hit from an M&A perspective in H1, with a decline of almost 50% in H1 2023 versus H1 2022 when looking at value. The usual headwinds that can be applied to almost all regions, such as macro-level uncertainty, inflation, and available financing, clearly had a major impact here. Looking forward, while those issues won't be going away anytime soon, the DFP suggests that some dealmakers will be coming off of the sidelines. In fact, our data suggests the region will experience the strongest growth out of all of the regions we track on a quarter-over-quarter yearly basis. And 
staying with the EMEA region, which countries do you expect to see the most activity? There are a number of countries where we're forecasting a overperform in terms of market activity in Q3 versus Q3 of 2022. Uh, most notably, I would say Austria and France, as well as the Netherlands, we're expecting to see strong deal activity. Uh, some other regions, including Switzerland and especially the UK, being strongest of all uh, of the of the EMEA geos, where we're forecasting strong activity. Uh, and in terms of sectors, um, we're actually seeing finance, energy, banking, as well as retail, all being strong sectors for M&A growth in Q3 in the EMEA region. And the countries that you mentioned, was there anything in particular that's driving activity in those, those places? No, no single thread of commonality amongst all of those countries. Um, I do think it's more of a function of dealmakers getting comfortable with sort of sort of the headwinds um, that they've been facing over the past uh, you know six to twelve months. Uh, I would say though, in the UK, where things seem to be settling the most, is is where we're seeing um, you know some of the most early stage activity at least. Great, thank you. And turning our attention towards the West now. North America is is facing major risk factors, in, including some of those geopolitical risks that you mentioned in your in your previous answer. It, it also includes defaults on commercial real estate and tightening lending condition by banks, and that's spreading to different sectors. Can you talk through how that will be adding extra stress to acquirers, please? There's no doubt that these issues are making their impact on M and A in North America and and beyond, really. I think this is evidenced pretty clearly in the overall decline in private equity activity, where we've seen a decline of over 50% from the same period last year in terms of value. This is a stark contrast to the past few years where private equity had been extremely active due to inexpensive financing and relatively stable markets. But it's not all doom and gloom, however, as the U.S. financial markets, which directionally align to greater willingness to engage in M&A, have rebounded nicely, especially in terms of technology. And we're predicting Q3 to overperform the same quarter last year, as well as Q2 of this year. Uh, turning to Latin America, can you talk through some of the trends that you're seeing in that region? And then what are the hurdles that are impacting the market there? Yeah, the, the challenges and, and hurdles for, for the LATAM market have been plentiful. <clears throat> you can look at the Brazilian elections or the inflation crises in both Venezuela and Argentina. We've seen that make a big impact on the M&A market there. Mexico, however, continues to be a bright spot for the region as we've seen double-digit growth in deal volume there. And overall, we're actually predicting uh, LATAM to have a healthy Q3 compared to Q3 2022. So, Matt, can we finish off by looking at some of the challenges and some of the reasons for optimism for the rest of 2023, please? Sure. Overall, I think the challenges globally are really all on the table, whether you look at inflation, financing challenges, geopolitical tensions, etc. They're all challenges that dealmakers have been getting more comfortable with. Uh, none of these challenges really arose during you know, the last six months of, of, of the year. 
Um, they're all been sort of baked in, uh, to use a phrase that that's often used to, to sort of future predictions. Um, so as the years gone, the years has gone on, they've gotten more comfortable with, with these, you know, with, with these potential headwinds and barring any additional unexpected challenges, I do think, and the data really suggests that we can start to use the word optimism, although I'd say cautious optimism. And, and we're certainly seeing the right signs and things seem to be moving in a positive direction from an M&A and early stage deal activity point of view. Great. Well, it's always good to end on a high note. Thanks very much, Matt. That was Matthew Wells, Vice President of Global Product Marketing and Strategy at SS&C Intralinks. Thanks for listening to this week's special episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week.